Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Hey guys, welcome. My name is Stacy Fletcher. For those of you who don't know me, I help lead our amazing tech team and plan our Sunday services. But this is one of my very favorite things to do, to stand up here and to share with you the things that God has been teaching me. Oh, you're amazing. Um, and the things that I hope that he wants to say to you um, as a result. And so it's been a really poignant week for the topic that I'm going to talk about. So I'm excited to dive in because we're going to talk about this idea of managing our thoughts and renewing our mind. And I don't know about you, but a looming Category 5 hurricane leads me to a place where I need to do some thought management around the anxiety that uh, it it brings me to feel. I kind of had to laugh because um, I started into this two-year journey of God doing some really significant things in my life after Irma. And my friend so kindly said, yeah, you totally fell apart two years ago at this time. I'm like, yeah. So having this come up again is, is bringing all of these things. So I'm excited to dive into them with you. So as we've been looking at this series of responding to the invitation of God, um, I want to propose the idea that in order to respond to God's invitations in our life, we must first respond to his invitation to transform our minds. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 is a verse we've been looking at that says, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so we're going to talk today about what it looks like to love God with our minds. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you um, for moving the hurricane off the coast. But whatever happens, we trust you. And we pray for people in the Bahamas right now. We pray for protection. We pray um, that your your, uh, spirit would calm their fears um, and you would protect their hearts and their minds as well as their physical bodies. And we pray the same for all of us in Florida and the Carolinas and all of the places that this hurricane might affect. But most of all, Father, we um, invite you to speak to us today. We invite you, Holy Spirit, in to speak in me, to speak through me. Whatever it is that you have to say today, we want to hear it. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so as I started on this journey a couple of years ago, I did a lot of counseling, and then I jumped into um, a bunch of life coaching, and I've been getting certified as a life coach. And I shared with you guys back in July via video some of the a real simple, practical tool I'd been learning. And a number of people communicated that it was really helpful, and so we're going to unpack it more today. And as I've been trying to kind of look at this idea of what does it look like to manage our mind? Most of the things that I've gotten are from the self-help world. And sometimes I'm a little like, ah, that doesn't quite resonate with me. Like, positive thinking and everything will change. Just tell yourself affirmations. And I just never was able to really grab onto that in any practical way. And so I've turned to scripture and said, what does God have to say about this? And I just want to go through a number of verses where God talks about managing our thoughts or transforming our thoughts. So Ecclesiastes 2.12, then I turned my thoughts to consider wisdom. Isaiah 55.7, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Romans 12.2, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. 
then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is pleasing, good, and pleasing, and perfect. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Philippians 4.8, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Hebrews 3.1, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. You see, according to scripture, we can turn our thoughts, we can forsake unrighteous thoughts, we can allow God to transform our thoughts, we can take our thoughts captive, and we can choose what to think on. Specifically, we can choose to fix our eyes and our thoughts on Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, these things have always been kind of difficult. Like, my brain feels like a circus. There's so many things going on at one time. I don't know if this is actually a true statistic, because I don't know how they would measure it, but supposedly we, th- we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And so, you know, our brains are going crazy all the time. And there's a part of our brain that is developed to keep us safe. God created this primal part of our brain that works really well if you're in the jungle being chased by a wild animal. And it works really well if you're in New York City getting mugged or if you're in a life-threatening situation. But it doesn't work very well in our current society. It tells us all the time, you are going to die. It's like, no, no, I'm just going to walk over here. Like, I literally thought, if you wear these heels, you're going to (laughs) die. Like, no, I'll be okay. Like, this part of our brain is constantly going. We have another part of, our, uh, part of that going on, which is beliefs that we've had, beliefs that we've had our whole life, a lot of times that we formed in childhood. And we were trying to make sense of the world the best that we could, and then we relegated it to the part of our brain that's unconscious. So we don't even realize that we're still looking at the world from these childlike eyes that don't allow us to really make decisions that we would want to make. And so... Um, I want to step into this. We're going, to, we're going to step in this week to a practical tool. We're moving into a series in our, or moving into part of our series and responding to the invitation of God that's like, how do we actually do this? Like, let's get real practical. And so today's going to be one of those days. I'm going to teach you a process that's been really helpful for me to start looking at this idea of transforming my thoughts. So the first part of the process, you guys have a piece of paper on your, your thing, on your seats. Um, This is for you to take home so that you can actually practice this on your own. You can do a little bit of self-coaching, spending time with the Lord on transforming your thoughts. Um, So you can follow along with it. You can put it under whichever way you want to go, and we'll get to it. But the first part is just to observe your thoughts. In order to begin to take thoughts captive or to choose what to think on, you actually have to figure out what's going on in there. And so I think this is really fascinating. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We're actually created in God's image in this way. We can think about what we're thinking about. We can watch our thoughts. Our spirit knows what's going on in our head. And this is a beautiful reflection of God and how he works and how he he can think about what he thinks about. And I think it's beautiful. So we can spend time bringing up, I've talked about our primal brain, but we also have this other part of our brain. It's called the prefrontal cortex. And it's the part of your brain that helps you go like think 
like your human brain. Think for real. What do you actually want to think about? What do you want for your life? How are you responding into God's invitations for you? And so we can take that, that human part of our brain and kind of look at all the rest of it. So a really practical way to do this is to spend five to ten minutes just downloading. Just write down everything that's going through your brain. So you might take a specific circumstance. I actually have started to try to do this practice every morning. Just clear out my brain, think through the thoughts that I'm thinking about, and write them down. I don't journal. It's not like a story. It's like bullet-pointed, no correct grammar, shortened words. You just want to get it all out and onto paper where you can actually take a look at it. A second way to do this is just to begin to be aware, just to start observing your thoughts. Like, oh, I'm realizing that when I walk into the situation, all of a sudden I'm feeling anxious and nervous. Like, what's going on there? Oh, I didn't even realize that's what I was thinking. And starting to observe your thoughts more often in situations. So after you've observed your thoughts, the next part is then to work on understanding those thoughts. Um, To understand your thoughts, the first step is to separate out facts from the story that you're telling yourself about the fact. We tell ourselves so many stories that we think are true. Like we tell ourselves uh, something about our circumstance and, and it's just like, well, the sky is blue. Like, of course this is true. But most often it's just the story we're telling ourselves about the circumstance. So the first most helpful thing to do after you've done a thought download is to begin to separate out what are the actual facts of this situation? What would everyone in the world agree upon? If you were in a courtroom, what would every single juror say, yeah, it's totally a fact of the situation? These are things like exact words that were said by you or another person. Numbers, specific exact situations that happened without any interpretation of the events. So after you've done some work to separate out the stories that you tell yourself from the facts, Then the next step is to do it with compassion and with mercy. This is actually like not just a loving invitation, it's also really practical. When you know that you're judging yourself, you won't give yourself access to your thoughts. Like if you're like, oh gosh, if I actually let myself be aware of this thought, I'm going to hammer myself for it. And so your brain protects you in that way and it won't let you even get access to figure out what you're thinking about. So you have to be able to come from this place of compassion. You know, kind of going back to that, you have 60,000 thoughts a day. Your thoughts are not the sin. It's the actions that your thoughts lead to. And so have compassion on those thoughts. Some of them are coming from your primal brain that's just trying to keep you safe. Some of them are coming from beliefs that you formed as a child that you've never had an opportunity to evaluate. And some of them are just like, guys, we're, we're all a little crazy here. So, like, just have compassion on that. Be curious. Like, why am I thinking that? What was going on there? Get deeper and try to really understand your thought from a place of compassion. Invite Jesus in. Invite the Holy Spirit in. What would Jesus be saying to you about these thoughts? So the next step is to choose one of these unintentional thoughts and to run it all the way through what we call the model. The model is something that Brooke Castillo, my teacher at the Life Coach School, created. Just a really practical way to actually see the results, the actions, the feelings that your thoughts are leading to. And so you take one of those thoughts from your download, usually one that you know you really kind of want to work on, 
And then you're going to run it through what we call the model. So the first part of the model is the circumstance. So this is our C, our circumstance. These are the facts that everyone in the planet would agree on. This is doing the work to go, what's the actual fact of the situation, and pick one, um, and make it real specific. The next part of the model um, is our thoughts. So this is separating out what is my actual thought about this circumstance. Now, you're going to have lots of thoughts going on about one circumstance. So you want to pick out one thought so that you can see the result of that. If you want to do another thought, then another thought, you can do that. But pick one thought um, that you're thinking about this circumstance. Then you take that thought and you figure out how is that thought leading you to feel? What actual feeling is that driving in your body? Here's the thing about feelings. Um, most of us don't really know how to feel our feelings. When I started this, I'm like, I got sad, glad, mad, and hungry. <laughs> like, that's about all I got. I, I, like, I don't know how this feels. Um, so I started using a feelings list to begin to describe the actual word. A feeling is a one-word description of the physical vibration that's going on in our body. When we're feeling something, we actually literally feel it physically. Um, beginning to describe it like, oh, it's a little bit of a tightness behind my neck. My, my chest kind of gets a little tight, or maybe I get a little knot in my stomach. Sometimes I, I feel a little bit of flushing. They're, you know, they're, depending on the feeling, it will cause a different physical um, sensation. And so actually just sitting with the thought, think the thought to yourself, and then kind of go, okay, now how does my body feel? and allow yourself to feel it. Most of us, especially if it's a feeling that we have thought of as negative, we resist the feeling. Shame, anger, sadness. We actually don't know what it's like to feel that feeling. We only know what it's like to resist that feeling. The crazy part is we do a lot, a lot, a lot to resist a feeling. We, we, we have most of our vices in life, most of our idols. Most of the things that we turn to are all trying to avoid feeling a certain feeling. But when you just allow it to go through your body, it generally passes in like 30 seconds. I mean, the first time I kind of really allowed a feeling I had been resisting for a long time, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, that was all that it was? Like, I have been doing all this stuff in life that brings me all of these things I don't want to resist that? That was all that it was? And sometimes the feeling will stay with you for a while, but just allowing your body to tune in and feel it. Um, before I go on, I want to go back to the circumstances and talk about it in this way. A lot of times we look at a circumstance and we say this was positive or negative. But the reality is that circumstances are neutral. And here, and what I mean by that is the circumstance in itself is not causing you to think, feel, act, or, or get results in your life in any way. Other people, like we've been teaching ourselves this since grade school. Like, did, did little Jimmy hurt your feelings? Like, other people don't hurt your feelings. You hurt your feelings by what you think. Other circumstances don't cause you to act in a certain way. You act that way because of your thought about the circumstance. And here's how we know that it's true. If you take the same circumstance, different people would have different feelings and actions and results of the exact same circumstance. Maybe you take a breakup, and one person says, this is the most painful thing that's ever happened to me. And they have a whole set around that. And the other person's like, finally, I'm free. 
It's the same circumstance, but their thoughts about the circumstance cause whole different feelings, actions, results going on in their lives. And so it's really important to kind of clean that up and be able to realize that your thoughts are what's causing the whole rest of this model to go. So we've gotten our thought, we've figured out, we've tuned in, we've figured out how it's feeling in our body or maybe that we're resisting that feeling. The next part is then the actions that come from that feeling. And like I said, a lot of times we've got multiple models going on in our heads, and so it's important to tune in and say, how am I acting? What am I doing out of that particular feeling? Sometimes the question is, what am I not doing out of that particular feeling? As God calls us into things, as he asks us to respond to invitations, as we begin to get visions for our life of things that we want to do or people that we want to be, Sometimes the feeling of fear will cause us to not take those actions that God is calling us to. So the action part is your, the things that you actually do, the things that you actually say. Um, a common action is like your thoughts spin out. You can just keep going round and round and round and round. Um, and then the things that you do, trying to resist that feeling. Um, things like buffering. Buffering would be anything to try to like make yourself feel better. So... Could be Netflix, could be alcohol, could be food, could be, I don't know, friends, anything that we're doing to try to avoid feeling, um, and then anything that we're not doing. And then you look at those actions and you go, okay, well, what result is that getting me in my life? What's the result for me out of those actions? And the interesting thing is your brain is always going to work to prove itself true. Always wants to be right, that brain of yours. And so the things that you think, you know how you're like, I knew if I did that, that that would happen. But a lot of times it's because you thought that, that drove you to feel a certain way, that drove you to take specific actions, that led to the result that you knew you were going to get when you started. And if you're able to then start changing that thought, you can start changing the feelings, the actions, and then therefore the results. So the next part is moving into like, okay, well, that could be really great news. I can change a thought and then change my life because of it. And it is really great news. It's, to me, the best news since the gospel. Because that means I don't have to change another person. You guys ever tried to change another person? Like, that doesn't work, right? Are you trying to change your circumstances? I have to change my circumstance in order to feel better? A lot of times we can't do that, and even if we can, we don't end up with the feeling that we want. But we can change our thoughts in order to get to that. Um, so here's a few things, though, before you get to changing that are really important. And the first part is to evaluate and understand the thought that you now have. So we've run it through a model. We understand the results that we're getting in our life because of it, the feelings, the actions. Now these are some questions that you can use to evaluate your current thought. Is it pointing me to Jesus? Is it right, pure, lovely, or admirable? Is it excellent or praiseworthy? Is it helping me to step into the things God is inviting me into? And does it line up with the truths God has said about me? So once you figure that out and you decide if you want to move to a new thought, I just want to say again that before you can move to a new thought, you must first allow yourself to experience and understand your current thought with compassion. And you must be willing to feel the feelings that you don't want to feel. 
in order to move to a new thought. So I'm going to actually go through this process in just a second. So Kaylee, I want to invite you to come up. She's going to be my like, guinea pig. Um, but I'm going to, as she comes up, I'll finish up. So the way that we're going to work on then transforming our thoughts is work the model backwards. We're going to go, what result do I want in my life instead? In order to get that result, what actions do I have to take? In order to take those actions, you can grab your mic, what feeling do I need to feel? In order to feel that, what thought might I need to think? And something that can be helpful is literally like try on thoughts like a wardrobe. Like, okay, I'm going to put this thought on. How does that feel in my body? A lot of times a thought that sounds really nice actually feels really horrible. Like, oh, I really wish that she was here. I really wish my friend was here. It sounds really sweet. But for me, that leads to a feeling of loneliness. And that feeling of loneliness drives me to actions of withdraw withdrawing and buffering, which give me a result that's not what I want. And so even though the thought sounded really nice, oh, no, that's not the one I want to take on. So try it on in your body, literally like you would try on clothes. Like, how's this fit? How's this feel? And then um, you can begin to move to trying to believe it. Sorry, I called you up too early. That's okay. So, uh, so then you can begin to try to believe it. And here's the thing that I do think I've learned a lot that's different, is when you try to think a thought that you don't actually believe, not only does it not drive any of this model, any new feelings, actions, sometimes it actually drives the older one to be like more in it. You have to believe your new thought. And the way that you can work on believing it often can be, one, asking the Holy Spirit to help you, to renew your mind, to change your thinking. But two, it can also be with something called ladder thoughts. So I, I believe this. I have this thought. I want to move to this thought. And so the way I'm going to get there is to think, it might be possible that this thought is true. And then our brain is going to go to work to prove itself right. I'm going to think it might be possible to, to believe that this is true. My brain's going to start looking for all the ways that it might be possible. It's possible that this thought is true. Brain's going to look for all the ways it's possible. All the way up to, I believe this thought. And you just kind of work your way there. And sometimes it takes minutes. Sometimes it takes months to get to work your way all to a new thought. So we're going to look at this practically. Kaylee um, had no idea what she was getting into, but she came on up. So we can sit down together. Um, all right. So Kaylee, tell me about a circumstance going on in your life. Um, is this my mic? Hi. Yeah, Hi, mic. everyone. Um, I would say I'm doing the job of two people currently okay. at work. Okay. So we're just going to put your circumstances, your job, for quick time. Um, so, so your thought is, I'm doing the job of two people. Right. Okay. <laughs> Any other thoughts going on there? So I'm doing the job of two people. What does that mean? I'm stressed out. You're stressed Overwhelmed. Out. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Keep going. Tell me more. Do a little um, thought download right here. Uh, well, I was, I was thinking about feelings, so thoughts. Um, What's the I thought? I think it's, it's been hard. Yeah. Um, I think I'm being asked to do a lot. Um, Too much? Sometimes. Yeah. I'm, like, also... No, I was going to say feeling. This is okay, hard. I'm it's nervous. It's all right. We'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll sort it out here. Okay, I'm feeling like I am responsible for a lot of people. There's like a group of 20 that are relying on me, whereas before it was 10 split between two people. Now it's 20 on me. Okay. So I think that it's just a lot to 
be like feel responsible for. Yeah. So. What would it mean if you didn't do a good job of being responsible for those 20, 20 people? That's how I feel most of the time. Like <laughs> inadequate, I think, is the yeah. best defined word about how I'm like feeling in that. Yeah. yeah. So do you think you're not doing a good job? I'm not doing a good Always. job of, of, of supervising these 20 yeah. people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably the more painful thought, right? Right. I'm not doing a good job at this? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not doing a good job. Um, with these 20 people. So when you think that, you feel inadequate? Mm-hmm. Okay. I said mm-hmm so positively, like, mm-hmm, yes, yes I'm course. inadequate. I mean, inadequate is such a lovely <laughs> feeling to have in my yeah. life. And the fact that you said it that way and even noticed well, it, you hello, inadequate. not allow yourself <laughs> to feel inadequate very often. Like, that's probably a thought you spend a lot of time actually resisting. Um, so let's look at what are some of the actions that you might take to resist the feeling of being inadequate. Mm, work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, hold myself to really high standards. I also am like an escapist a lot of the time, so I'll be like, let me just book a trip or something. <laughs> I got really stressed out and I was like, I'm going to New York City. I literally did that. Yeah. Booked the flight. Yeah, that would, <laughs> that would be a very great example of resisting the thought, trying yeah. to escape from it. <laughs> What are the things that you, um, when you feel inadequate and you're letting it, so like actually like tune in, let it go through your body, let the feeling of inadequacy be there with peace, like it's okay, we all feel inadequate. What do you do from that feeling? Mm. I often don't have healthy boundaries, so it leads to, like I carry it home. Um, so it actually turns me into, like, I think I notice myself being lethargic at home because I'm like putting out so much yep. during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, probably snippy. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a better word for that. Snippy. That's a great word. Um, yeah. Short. Temperamental. I can keep going. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say like a little bit, not hostile, but just like maybe that's in the back of my mind where I'm always feeling like there's these expectations on me. So I feel like I'm always being held to a certain standard and I carry that in all of my life. So like in my relationships, in my job, like in all of that, like I feel like there's this standard that I'm supposed to hit. And so I get so like, I think bitter from that. And then I can act out of that a lot, even if that's not the case of the person that I'm dealing with in that moment. Yeah. So... Um, Let's go one more layer of, so we talked about what you do to resist, what you you do out of the feeling of inadequacy, and then what don't you do that you might want to be doing because you feel inadequate? Be nice. (laughs) Being nice. (laughs) Um, What don't you do in your job or for those 20 people? I I don't... I don't give them all of me, which I feel like is a good thing. Yeah. So. So that one might come out of something else. Right. Um, Do you feel like you lead them the way you would want to lead them, that you interact with them, like that you give them leadership and direction the way you would want to? I find myself like slipping from a others first mentality to like a survival mode. Yeah. Whereas like when there's less people coming to me for things, I'm 
able to care for their needs better than when they're all like just flocking to me. Um, They're salespeople, so that's why I'm like, (laughs) "Ah." Um, if you've ever met a salesperson, mom, um, (laughs) they just, they're, I mean, they're inherently like they're, they're on a, to make a living, they have to sell things, right? So they need me in order to make their living. And so that that brings a certain level of like, I have to help them feed their children um, into my brain. And so I just think that where I usually function from like, how do I serve them? How do I help them? Like, I, I have to be like, how do I survive and not like completely be depleted at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. I love my job. I'm sorry. I (laughs) do love it. (laughs) What's the result that you think you get from that in your life? Like looking at these actions, all this stuff, you work harder, you're you're a perfectionist, you want to escape and travel, you carry it home, which leads you to be lethargic and snippy, you don't uh, interact with your employees or with the people you're supervising the way that you want to, you don't give them the things that you want to give them, Um, you're not as nice as you would want to be. How would you sum up that result if can you give me an example no, no, of a yeah. result? I can tell you what I think your result is. Okay. You're not doing the job the way you want to do it. And you're not doing the job of caring for yourself. You're not doing it. So the result is like, your, your thought is, I'm not doing um, the job well for these people. But you're also not doing the job well for yourself. Um, and you're, you're experiencing all of these things. Out of this thought that you started with, I'm doing the job of two people. Like, that's the thought that you were aware of. And that's it's not a very, like, it's not a super heavy thought. I mean, that's kind of like in our society. We're like, oh, yeah, I do the job of, like, three people. No big mm-hmm. deal. But it's actually producing all these things in your life that you don't want um, and giving you this result of not caring for yourself and not doing the job the way you want to do it. Huh. So let's erase all of that. Pretend that you've sat in all of that for a while. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. What's the result that you want? Or we can start with a feeling that you want. Or actions. I think I have a result. Okay, Mm -hmm. what result do you want? Like just a well-balanced life. Mm -hmm. Let's look at a result of how you think about how you're doing the job. Okay. I think that Mm -hmm. will drive us to a better place. Okay, that one's harder. Yeah, How, how how do you want to do your job? How do you want to experience your job? I want to, I, I mean, I actually have the goal that I want to put others first in my job. So let's do that. Um, so put others first while caring for yourself. Right. I would only be able to do one if I could do the other as well. Yeah. Okay. So what actions would you need to do to do that? Ooh, this is tricky. <laughs> um... Probably setting boundaries. Is that an action? Yeah. Learning how to say no to the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, allowing myself time to think before reacting. And like vocalizing that, I think. So vocalizing my needs would probably be Mm-hmm. Something because I often am like, yes, I'll do everything you're asking today. Mm-hmm. That's not always good. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like that's a good list? We could, yeah, we could go with that. Cool. What would you need to feel to do those things? Happy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Happy, sad, glad. Got a couple. 
Mm, uh, valued? Valued? Is that good? Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Valued. I'll be here until we're done. Thank you. <laughs> so what thoughts might you think in order to feel valued? Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Anybody got a thought they want to suggest to her? Let's oh, please, phone thoughts. a friend. Lisa. So that was the same situation. Um, instead of putting all the pressure, like, I'm learning, and I've been doing the best job, I know how to do Yeah. I'm Yeah. I'm learning. That's good. Yep. I don't have to do this perfectly. What else? Any other thoughts? What was that? Contentment. Yep. God made me limited, so it's okay to say no. Mm, God made me limited. It's okay to say no. I have a no button on my desk. I thought that was going to help. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> what about something like, I will always have my own back and value myself? Like, I will always stick up for myself. I will always value myself. That makes me want to, like, ugh, like hiss at you a little bit. <laughs> you definitely don't believe that thought, right? No. If you believed the thought, I will always value myself, do you think you would feel valued? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times we look for value to feel valued by, by other people. Like, Sometimes you would think, if I had the thought that all my employees, all, all the people I'm supervising think I'm amazing and just love me, I would feel valued. But right now, that reality where they're like, hey, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you, does not lead you to feel right. valued. You know? They're super nice, but I think that like, they're like, thank you so much, you're the best, whatever, right. but I don't feel it. Exactly. Like, I don't feel that. Like their valuing you doesn't lead you to right. feel valued. So the best way to feel valued is when you know you're going to value yourself. And so I think a thought that you can't believe yet, but that might actually get you there, is something along the lines of like, I'm always going to value myself. I, I'm, I'm committing, I'm choosing, will always value myself. I think a thought that like Paul said, that we take back up into like, this is how God created mm-hmm. things to be. Mm-hmm. And I will live out of the way that he made me. You know, those kinds of things might be thoughts there. Now, you're not ready to get to there. One, because we didn't actually sit in the first one. Like, we breezed through it. And you didn't actually let yourself sit and feel it and have compassion and understand it. Should Um, I have cried? You you should have cried. Okay. Blew it. Sometimes you need to cry. But other times you just need to be like, oh, yeah, of course I'm doing all those actions. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't do all those actions when they feel inadequate? Right. It's totally normal. I didn't even realize I was feeling that way or the depth of all the things that it was driving in me and began to understand it before you can move to this thought. But then you can also practice the latter thoughts. Like, I'm willing to consider the possibility that maybe it's possible that all of those kinds of things. Awesome. Am I done? You're done. Okay, bye. (laughs) So, 
what I've given to you um, on your chairs is just this exact same process for you to take yourself through. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's hard to take yourself through it because it's hard to kind of get out of your own brain, but it's still really, really valuable. I did this this morning where I was like, I will have my own back today no matter what happens. And so like when I first was thinking about speaking and sharing this with you guys, I was feeling nervous. Like, what if I don't do it right? Who knows what, I didn't even know who it was gonna be on the stage with me. So like, who knows what they're gonna say? I had all these thoughts. What if I go over time? All of these thoughts going through my head. And I was like, I will have my own back no matter what. And that self-coaching practice this morning for me, inviting the Lord into it, completely changed how I approached stepping up here and connecting with you guys today. And so it can completely change all these areas of your life. And so I really want to encourage you that God desires to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So receive his invitation to renew your mind by actively engaging with him in the process. It's valuable to connect with God and to spend time understanding yourself and figuring out how to practically think new thoughts that will allow you to fix your eyes on Jesus. And I can't think of any better way to fix your eyes on Jesus than to take communion. Because it's through communion that we can literally, he says, remember me. Think about me. Fix your thought on me. All that I've done. All the ways that I love you all of my compassion on you, all that I've done to allow you to be in this relationship with me. Remember me. And so as we move into a time of worship, I want to encourage you to fix your thoughts on Jesus and to come forward and take communion and remember him and allow him to transform your mind through the process. Father God, thank you that you desire to transform our mind. Thank you for all the ways that you actually make this realistic and possible. Thank you um, that you care about our thoughts and our feelings, that you don't just care about us doing it right, getting there on our own, but you actually care about how we feel and think in the process. Thank you that your Holy Spirit empowers us to do this. And we pray, Father, that you would change our thinking and transform us into a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.